Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep Season 4. We're just three guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today back in my North Korea town studios in Los Angeles. I'm joined today by my trusty co-host. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter, from Southeast Portland. Arriving today on his fixed gear steel frame, no brakes, it's Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex, look, I want to get you that money. I know the juice is running, but you're going to have to give me a little bit more time, buddy, okay? All right? You just love the dominoes so yeah. much. And the thing is, I I need to pay back Hunter to front more money from him to pay you back. Yeah. And then we'll be square. <laughs> it's a very complicated casino. Um, speaking of Hunter, he's also here. He's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas, riding in on a 10-speed carbon fiber frame with caliper disc brakes. It's Hunter Donaldson. Ding, ding. I'm a bike. I just am a bike. Yo, episode. you are the bike. I'm a personified bike. Howdy, I'm a bike. Anthony, what are you making noise with? Um... Did you get like a sun chips bag and you're eating it on the microphone? Why does no, it You gotta have snacks. Yeah, I got some. It's hungry. I got some. In the middle hobo, of the recording. Hobo sweet and sour candy twin snakes. Oh. oh. Delicious. Love I it. Big gummy just... snakes that are sweet and gummy sour. Gummy snakes. Yeah, I love delicious. a good gummy snake. Um. All right. Yeah. Um, all, and then rounding out our panel today, we have a very special, a pair of special guests joining us from Los Angeles, riding it on. You know, a bicycle built for two. It's Sarah and Kyle. Oh, hello. It's really good to be here. Uh, I, I saw several paths to this podcast, but I'm taking the one that's going to be the most successful. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you definitely are not on a bicycle built for two. You're not cutting across the park. I would and guess. And thank God it's a bicycle built for two because I cannot ride a bike. That's <laughs> the truth about <laughs> oh, me. Oh, really? So yeah. when people are like, it's like riding a bike, you're like, you mean impossible? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, great, I'm terrified of that, so don't want to try it. <laughs> um, did you try when you were a kid and then give up as an adult, or did you never learn? I tried as a kid and gave up pretty hard. Nice. <laughs> wow. It is, I feel it's much more important to most people as like a child. Like in, in childhood, the range extension from walking to bike yeah. is so Ooh. monumental. It's a big deal. That Your coverage. Yeah, I, like, I, f- I, f- I feel like now you probably wouldn't notice that you can't bike. It does not come up very often. But wow. then would have been you were stuck at home. No, that's OK. Yeah. I was really an indoor kid anyway, so it didn't affect <laughs> much of my life. Yeah, yeah well, you're, everything- you're telling me you've never experienced the joy of pitting an old Pokemon car in your tires so it makes the motorcycle sound when you go. Man, interesting, yeah. Anthony, yeah, that that's... that's not a baseball card for you. It's so telling. Yeah, like I had a baseball coat, Alex. Go just... fuck yourself, <laughs> all right? I I mean, it's, own... it's more like you'd waste a baseball card than a Pokemon oh, sure. card. Yeah, I, we did... I got a lot we of duplicates. We wasted so many good baseball cards. I got a lot of EV duplicates, okay? I had to do something <laughs> with them. And I had, when I had to pretend... That I was the American badass, aka the Undertaker's alternate personality, and ride around on a bike <laughs> through my cul-de-sac. Sure. I yeah. needed that sound. So I miss. We had the you know the bike the old the kid bikes where when you pedal backwards it's a brake, mm-hmm. right? That made it really easy to do some cool skids. So yeah. my my yeah. childhood cul-de-sac buddy Chris, we had a little like double skid where you'd make an X, you'd cross like one right in front of each other and do a little rounded X skid. That was like our trademark. We would like leave on a, on a driveway when we would like visit someone together, you know, a whole thing. Wow. 
That's... I like it that it was your trademark. Like an old lady would go yeah. out and see the X tire marks and yeah, be like, yeah. Falcone and friends. Oh no, <laughs> it's Falcone and friend. The yeah. iconic duo, Falcone and friend. Yeah. We uh, before we start talking about this movie, we got a couple things to do. First, I want to thank some meat buddies, or well, I want to thank all the meat buddies. We have a very specific meat buddy to thank later, but first, just a generic thank you to all the meat buddies who support the show. If you want to help them keep the show limping down the tracks, um, double skidding down the cul-de-sac, go to metreon.com and we really appreciate everybody who supports the show. And even though someday I would be fine being part of one of those rich groups of podcasts that work together in the short term, I'm glad we don't have to do any longer ad breaks than this. So thank you guys for keeping it uh, even keel poor. Even keel poor. That's what we're doing. Um, let me... Metreon.com. All right. So before we talk about the movie, <laughs> segment one, of course, as always, is the news. As always for season four. Sarah, this is your first appearance on season four. We do the news now. But instead of major national news, we have sort of localized news, which is that Anthony went to a movie last week. Yes, I did. And I first off, I think... Uh, I mean, I've been looking at the AP numbers. This is doing pretty mm-hmm. big international uh, clicks in terms of people who are interested. That I went Dean back Anthony to the theater. Movie this week. Yeah. I mean, you are, I would say, 80% of the movie theater industry in Portland, you and your wife. You, oh, yeah. You are big sure. supporters. Yes. So, I mean, this, uh, people have probably heard me talk about it on the show before, but my my wife and I uh, going to the movies is very uh, important to us. Uh, we have basically gone uh, pre-COVID to, the, to like two movies a week every week for the past 10 years. Uh, a lot of times, Let me just say everyone who's holding AMC stock right now appreciates it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not AMCs in Portland. That's the problem. Oh, never so mind. We're not Screw doing them. any good. Yeah. What, what's the um, opposite of to the moon? I hope you lose all yeah. your money. Uh, I wish there was an AMC in Portland. I've heard they're a pretty good chain. But uh, hmm. so we, uh, you know, we would lot a lot of our sort of like early dating. We would go and do like double features. We would just see two movies, and we still used to do that a lot. So not being able to go to the theater for a year was um, you, when you guys do a double feature. You you just pay for two movies and watch two movies. Oh, um, come on. Well, it depends. So a lot of the times that we would do, like I used to work in the theater industry uh, here in right. Portland. So I would know a lot of other people who worked in the theater industry. And there's kind right. of like a, you, you scratch my back. I scratch your back. I, we didn't pay to see a lot of movies just because right. I knew enough people who worked at different theaters that they would just let you in, you know? Okay. Um, so it wasn't just confidently walking past the ticket person and yeah, not no. looking up. No, but we certainly have done that. Uh, yeah. you know, like pay for one movie and just go see a second. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the times we would pay too if we was like a movie I wanted to support, like, smaller films or something like that um i've never done that and i don't know if i could handle the thrill i think it would be too much for me yeah you just be sitting in the theater the end like unable to focus i would just be just crying thinking, the whole time yeah. like quietly in the corner like what is he doing well, like, <laughs> i didn't pay for this one yeah i mean the thing is if you're ever going to do that let me tell you as somebody who's worked in the theater for a long time knows yeah. a lot of people who's worked in the theaters for a long time if anything ever comes up if you give the slightest bit of resistance, they're going to cave first, <laughs> right? If anyone, yeah, they're all 15, right? Yeah, or even the people who won't, they don't care enough. Like, if, right. they, if anyone, if you're ever in a screening and someone... no, nope. whoa, heavens. Sorry, press the wrong button. Uh, Sorry. If you're ever Sorry. in a movie... We're not starting over. And someone comes up to you and goes, can, he, can I see you a ticket? And you just go, I'm trying to watch the goddamn movie. They're going to walk <laughs> away, right? They're not going to say a damn thing about it. Interesting. Uh, but uh, it was... 
So it meant a lot, and we were very, very excited yeah. to go, and it was a complete nightmare and a disaster, but <laughs> I was so happy about it, I didn't mind. Um, so I already know the answer to this, but for the people at home, what did you see? Well, we saw uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, because um, I don't want to watch that at home. If I'm going to see it anywhere, I want to see that in a theater. Um, because because of just the, the, the sound the, design and you know the presentation right. of these movies works really well in a theater. I am um, not watching that movie, by the way. I'm out of total protest of it not being called Quieter Place. Yeah, I mean it should have been a Quieter Place would be the uh, such a better name, yeah. and then you have yeah. the Quietest Place, and then the tr- the trilogy is over. Well, see, yeah, or- no, I, I, I gotta say I disagree because maybe the spinoff would be a Quieter Place, but the sequel there's a baby. It's inherently going to be louder because you can't tell the baby to shut up. All right. They, all right. How about a less quiet a place? Box, but it's more difficult to be quiet. It's it's inherently louder based a on the somewhat narrative. quiet place. You know what? I actually think if you compare the two movies, they'd be about the same level of quiet. <laughs> I haven't watched them side by side. Uh, um, you no, know, it was it was a yeah, fine okay, anyway. movie. It, uh, yeah. Like the first movie, perfectly serviceable. If you want to like just sit back and enjoy it, it's a pretty tense, fun ride. Pretty well directed. If you want to be a nitpicky asshole, man, is that stuff for you to nitpick in this movie? Oh man, um, I do. Tell but, me, um, <laughs> tell me about it. You're familiar this, with my normal yeah. mode of operating, right? That is, you're all talking this, right to me. All the stuff that people have kind of like memed and nitpick about the first movie is still in this one. It's just okay. kind of inherent to the to the like sort of greater conceit of the movie. But the problem is, if you have seen either of the Quiet Place movies, you know, the gimmick is that there's very little sound. You can't make sound because the monsters will get you, right? Right. I've not so, seen the movie, but that I picked up. Yeah, so the movie is long stretches of quietness. But here's the thing. Uh, due to some kind of odd COVID restriction that I'm not quite sure what this exactly uh, helps with at this point, uh, they don't close the doors into the theaters anymore at this particular okay. theater. I'm assuming airflow is the answer, but still. Yes, but here's the thing. I'll risk it because here's what happened. <laughs> I went to see A Quiet Place Part 2 uh-huh. in a theater that was sandwiched between, on one side, uh, the Dragon Slayer or Dragon Academy. Demon, it's an- called Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer an, yeah. animated, an anime. Um, okay. The other side was Cruella, which is filled with the most on-the-nose needle drops. Like, I haven't even seen the movie, but I could just tell what was happening by the needle drops. And then across the hall was a, another showing of The Quiet Place that started Oh, heck yeah. So just, like, out of sync a little bit. So you've got two, <laughs> so what would two happen was- alternate tracks, and then one Wait, just kind the- of... That's- the worst yeah. part of that would be the quiet place one because you'd hear yeah. them make a noise and be like, no, you're going to get hit by a monster. But then it's a, them making a noise in the past. You should have just been running yes. from theater to theater is what you yeah, should have done. It's just oh. not stop. Just keep moving. I thought about it, but I was trying to you know, get in the headspace and enjoy the movie. But every time you, I would like kind of forget and kind of like, you know, go into the theater of the mind and enjoy this film, it would just be like, Kalima! From one side. And then you would hear, Viva Las Vegas! And then you would hear a spoiler for the movie you're watching. So yeah. it was just that for uh, that uh, 90 is, minutes. 
Sounds uh, like a f- crazy fucking loud place is what it sounds like to yeah, me. That's, that's how yeah, it was. I feel like the baby isn't even the loudest part of this place. No, yeah. I would have taken all it needed was a baby in the theater and the trifecta sound would be complete. Yeah, a baby with a huge hat. Yeah, a baby on a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got to take this. She's got an important yeah. meeting. I don't know if you heard she's starring in the next boss baby. Yeah, but it was she's doing the voice of the boss. Even without all of that, even with all of that, it was still, uh, you know, it was like an incredibly hot day here in Portland. Uh, I, I, my wife and I pretty much never drink soda. The only time we drink soda is we get a large mm. Coke at the movie theater. So I was like, I got to take soda that, for the first time. trailer where they show Coke from really close up in CG is just so appetizing mm. that you have to yeah, get it. Yeah, just, it just gets into my head. I just watch that ad. And I'm like, you know what I could use? A nice, refreshing Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about the theater going experience, this is probably my favorite thing, is uh, do you know how like sometimes you go into the theater and you see like the big, fancy uh, popcorn tins yeah. that are like collector's items, and you think like, well, who, people buy those? That's weird. Yeah. So I go to order a popcorn, and he, he the guy goes, and he gets this really elaborate giant metal tin for Wonder Woman 1984. And I, <laughs> Your favorite movie. Yeah, my favorite. Oh, definitely. A movie, you know. I Anyway, I was like, uh, no, dude, I just wanted the regular one. And the guy looked at me and goes, dude, we just got to fucking get rid of these. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave me the fancy tin. Uh, for this movie, and it's like, oh yeah, they probably had these since pre-COVID, because the movie yeah. never even came right. out in the theaters. Right, so that was then, a straight to straight yeah, to um, Discovery, Warner Brothers, HBO yeah, Plus. That one just went straight to HBO Max, and never even got a theatrical run. So they are probably sitting on hundreds of these goddamn wow. Wonder Woman tins. And then I felt really bad having to throw it away because I didn't want to keep it. I don't want yeah. a reminder. I don't want that movie you in my head You didn't want to commemorate that movie? Yeah. Uh, so I felt bad having to waste 30 cents worth of tin or however, however much they are. Um, I, that but, seems like the sort of thing that like ends up in a dumped on some other country along with like champion jerseys from the team that didn't win the World Series, like the T-shirt that's like congratulations to this team, but then they lose, so they all get well, boxed up and shipped away. I tried to leave it on top because okay, I've never done this, but have you guys ever heard of the or seen somebody who doesn't buy popcorn? What they do is they go they, and dig a large popcorn thing oh, out yeah. of the trash oh, yeah. and then refill yeah. it. I've been uh, so there. I, tried, I tried to do that for somebody else. I just left it on the top. Like, hey, maybe they'll keep the tin and get free popcorn. Dude, um, not only look, I just I told you I've never stayed for an extra movie, and you you want to combine stealing popcorn with gross garbage stuff? There's mm. no way I would do it's that. The best. Well, it's the best. wrong in, in so town. many parts uh, it, of because your punishment is built into the experience. That's yeah, what I love and, about it. <laughs> Alex, can I just say funny. just a little thing about you know here's the thing about you're working at a theater, even if you steal popcorn, popcorn is so cheap that you're not actually stealing anything. Dude, I yeah. know. It's, That's like saying so I'm much stealing. popcorn waste to every movie theater. It's right. like disgusting. Yeah. It's like the worst well, thing in the world. Also, corn is, is free and air is free. And that's what that is. Like yeah. these yeah. are two of the cheapest things in the country. Yeah. Popcorn is, uh, I think five cents, uh, t- every 25 pounds of it or something crazy. <laughs> like it's, it's just absurdly cheap. You can literally not steal popcorn. It's impossible. Yeah. That, um, but all right. I was so happy 
to be yeah. back in the theater. Uh, there was only one other person, uh, one other couple in the theater the entire time, but we still had to reserve our seats, which was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait to go back. There's a, a lot of things we're kind of getting. Just only watch loud movies yeah. for the next couple of months. Yeah, well, I I think because we were in, I'm, I'm going to try to find a theater that maybe has better airflow and doesn't have to shut the door. I'll go to a, I mean, probably what I'll do going forward is just go to theaters that only have one or two screens. So you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about so much noise pollu- uh, pollution. Right. But we're essentially over the next, you know, three or four months getting like a year and a half's worth of movies at once. So there's a lot of good stuff. I'm very excited to see on the big screen. Uh, and I just um, can't wait. Uh, Hunter, do you have a thing that you're going to go see soon? Have you gone to a movie yet? Oh yeah. I went to see, uh, I actually saw Zack Snyder's new flick, uh, army of the dead, uh, which oh. is not a good movie, but it is kind of funny to watch. Uh, it's the movie yeah. that they had to plug Tignataro into, after the fact oh, uh, yes. and it's right. pretty hilarious it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah. how they just plug tignataro into the background it's so great and she's good at being i don't know she just kind of there's just a certain aspect of her performance that sort of feels like like a sort of fuck it aspect to it <laughs> that <laughs> feels oddly appropriate for the movie because the movie's really dumb it's it like works. she's saying i can't believe i'm here either yeah it's crazy <laughs> so why i get like i get wanting to just go see a movie on the big screen but there is something about like certain films that are like that's gonna be on netflix it's on netflix the same time anyway why did you choose to see army of the dead in the theater instead of just well, because, I, be, because I went with some friends and we just kind of laughed our asses off and we were the mm. only people in the theater. Like That was a cool experience. Oh, no. I, I like going to see... If you're going to go see a movie that you feel like you can laugh at because it will be bad, th- th- it's a good movie for that. I would not recommend yeah. it for anything else. It's way... It's crazy long. It's so crazy how, it's the, how long it is. I could cut Wait, an hour off this a, movie. A Zack Snyder movie? That's I know, long. I know, but it's just <laughs> like... It's just crazy that he's like, no, 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 my brand, it's solid. It's like, I'm going to take this zombie this God. zombie comedy movie, and it's going to be an hour too long. That's Next crazy. thing you're going to be telling me, there's like annoying on-the-nose needle drops or weird yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, imagery. Uh, <laughs> um, Carl, have you guys gone to a movie yet? No, we have not gone to a film yet. Do you have a, a thought on what it would be if you were to go, or... Uh, well, I understand if you're not racing. Drive-in, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not we're not going to enclosed movie theaters yet because um, I am in a delicate condition and I'm immunocompromised at the moment, so I'm not going right. to movie theaters. Right. Uh, but drive-ins are great. I think we'll probably at least Kyle, you're probably going to go to some movies this summer. Mm-hmm. I probably won't still, but you know, I, it, it'll be fitting to see Fast Nine inside of a car. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I will. That's such a good idea. You can like hold the steering wheel and pretend you're driving. Yeah, yeah. I do that anyway. Yeah, I take a I take a steering wheel into every Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, that like yeah. the <laughs> Nintendo steering wheel with pedals. I set it up there and mm-hmm. then I play along. Yeah, I uh, drag in one of those like those those cars outside of convenience stores that you put like a quarter <laughs> in and they put a quarter in it shakes. Yeah, I just take one of those into every Fast Nine. 
I'm going to get a plain one for Top Gun Maverick when I see that in IMAX. Uh. <laughs> just, you're not just going to hold your arms out to the side and say we all the time. Yeah, no. Um, I, I'm i excited about it. There's a, I, I want the cool theaters near me to open up. Most of them are behind, but there is a weird Koreatown movie theater that I am looking forward to checking out that is open yeah. now. So. We'll see uh, something. I don't know if I'll Alex, get the Fast Nine there, but when it reopens, please go to the Vista. It's the best one in LA. That's that's the one that is on the top of my list. I want to go there very bad. I've been to that. I, well, there was a cool bar in there that's closed now. Yeah, but I really liked that place. But um, yeah, I haven't seen when they're coming back. They haven't um, announced yet, but I think they will because their sister theater, the Los Feliz Three, which is also fun, uh, is coming back within the next June. couple of months. Or weeks probably then um yeah. yeah it's june but yeah the vista is totally charming see whatever you can there it's the same price as anywhere else you would go and it's so much more fun and if you go on opening night and you feel comfortable shaking hands with people you can have your ticket personally ripped by the manager of the theater who frequently dresses up in character oh that's fun that that rules that's very fun um all right well so that's the news let's get into segment two the homework So for segment two, the what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just, just having a good time. I was no, just that, laughing. That was just I, I thought we were waiting on a sting. I just thought we were waiting on a sting, and then oh, it didn't yeah. happen, and I just oh, laughed. there was a sting. It just didn't play to you guys because okay. that's hilarious. App is so broken. Um, so, but the listeners at home heard a sting. I didn't hear the sting, and the clicking has returned. I don't know if anyone well, else is getting that. Great news. I don't know what it is, and I can't do anything about it. So yeah. segment two, the homework. Uh, this week, our assignment was to watch the 2012. Right as we say that, a really cool person drove by my house, so you could probably hear that. Awesome. Anyway, the 2012 bicycle thriller Premium Rush, written and directed by David Kopp, who also wrote Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Panic Room, and Spider-Man, which is bonkers. Yeah, well. I mean, let's, let's not also forget uh, Mordecai. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> infamous uh, bad movie. Yeah, there, I mean, talk dude's, about a man dude's written. Talk about a man who contains multitudes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, David Cope. He's a he's David a cool Cope. guy. He wrote Jurassic Park. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he wrote Jurassic Park. That's yeah. so crazy. And he's um, still working. He's writing the next Indiana Jones that's filming this yeah. week. I believe he, yeah. he wrote Crystal Skull too. So, yeah. which is really the most a, impressive. A bad one. Well, the thing is, so like you, the thing is, you give David Cope a really good book like uh, Jurassic Park, he turns it into an excellent screenplay, right? You give David Cope George Lucas's batshit crazy Crystal Skull alien ideas. Sure. You know, and he turns it into an actual kind of workable movie. Not great, but he had to like sit in a room while George Lucas was like, um, they're interdimensional aliens. And I want, (laughs) can, can they swing with monkeys? Can we do that? What if he hides in a refrigerator? You know, and he turned that into a movie, which is more impressive than having like a good book, you know? Oh, you know what else? He wrote he wrote my the mummy reboot. 
He wrote the Tom Cruise the Mummy. Yeah, like I My said, favorite of the Mummy movies. Tom Cruise the Mummy. Yeah, Wait, is this a true statement, Alex? Do you I, really prefer the Tom Cruise Mummy movie to other Mummy movies? There's so many, but I definitely prefer it to Brendan Fraser, which is the we part. We're like, this is a separate fight we're going to need to have. Off. <laughs> yeah, this is a discussion. Sarah's going to rumble your ass. Here's the thing: I've like reading about Brendan Fraser has made me like him a lot more, but I did not care for that movie at all, and I loved the new the mummy which i believe i'm the only one and i'm the only one who was crushed when the universal monster cinematic universe stopped the dark Uh, universe the dark universe yeah that dark pictures universe yes anyway it really hurt my feelings but i think that mummy was one of like i i spent a lot of time thinking about mummies as you know sarah having been the reader of the audiobook that i wrote about mummies i believe that the mummy 2017 with the cruise missile is the most interesting use of mummy lore in any movie about mummies that's All a right. statement I will I mean, make. That is a ca- that is a very thin needle to thread for a compliment. <laughs> hey, you know what? I just want to say this. Uh, I should probably say this to most of the guests, but like we have to deal with this every week. You know, you guys just get to come in and out, skating out of this insanity. Uh, I this is one week. This is my this is I'm like I, not a hill to die on, exa- uh, I guess, but this is more of like a thing that I will bring up knowing that it'll only bring shame upon my family. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you for enjoying the movie, but the the sheer audacity of saying it's better I, than the Brendan Fraser yeah. mummy of 1999, which is getting a thorough pop culture like reappraisal in the year of our lord 2021 i I think brendan fraser is and deserves it i think that movie is still not very good and i think it's mostly nostalgic because people saw it when they were 15 have fun with the bambridge scholars yeah look all (laughs) all i'm saying is tom cruise doesn't throw a single chair at a guy in the mummy remake like brendan fraser does in the original um that is true some credit there um man the the mummy the titular mummy in Brendan Fraser's movie like splashes around in puddles all the time. Your one thing is that you're afraid of moisture. That's your number one thing about being a mummy. And he doesn't give a crap in that movie. It's oh, so damn. You know, it Listen to Alex quality. just destroy that movie yeah. and got a minor <laughs> note wrong about the mummies and oh, water. Man. How could you even enjoy the movie with that factoid? Oh, it's ruined think, for me now. Do you think that Brendan Fraser's like? heroic adventure or the mummy in that film could ride a fixie (laughs) yeah thank you sarah i really appreciate you bringing this back to the thing that is important which is that we are watching 2012's premium rush and we're watching it because this is kyle's pick and you did not win our oscar pool but your passion for the movie truly when you said what you would make us watch if you had win had one was enough to win me over so this is a bonus oscar pool for finishing fifth you got to pick a movie, and it was this. So tell me why you picked Premium Rush for us today. I, this is the most unsuspectingly entertaining movie I, I think you could like build uh, from the component narrative parts. I mean, it's a movie about a dude doing his job, which is riding his bike around New York, and it being like an actual good action film. It's funny. There are not universally good performances, but there are actual like good acting, like in it 
Uh, I, you have character actors. It's <laughs> such a great, what a great thin compliment. I'm just saying Michael Shannon is in it and he's doing Michael Shannon things. And I will he's love so Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon. Yeah. I like Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon's villain in this has so much more depth than a villain in this kind of movie would normally have. Yeah. And I don't know if it's Michael Shannon's credit or, uh, David Cope's credit, but it's a kind well, of I interesting mean, villain. This, this is also like pre breakout Michael Shannon. Right, I feel like he had always been, oh. you know, he'd always been one of those guys. He's in the background. He's in, you know, Back to the Future for uh, a Groundhog's Day for like thirty seconds. This uh, is after Boardwalk Empire, which is where I first became aware of him. Yeah. Boardwalk Empire. So I it was like, like, oh he yeah, got an right. Oscar nomination for Revolutionary, or maybe he didn't get a nomination, but everyone thought like Michael Shannon outacts Leonardo DiCaprio in Revolutionary Road, and that's what got him Boardwalk Empire. And then he filmed this in between seasons of Boardwalk Empire. Oh, he interesting. Like, drove up from the Jersey set of Boardwalk and then oh, made wow. this movie in Manhattan. Uh, and He's so flipping good. I like. Just the best, deep, interesting villain yeah. possible. But doesn't it feel like he he was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of really go for it on this movie because, you know, it is it is what it is. And then everyone was like, Michael Shannon, do that for the rest of your career. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you just need to go for it because you're a lunatic. And I mean, he is entertaining. He's a lunatic with a fascinating chin. And mm-hmm. like just a great combination. Um, what is so fascinating about like, his chin? I've never noticed that before. His chin and jaw is just what makes. He's just got a very interesting yeah. face. He's got a very square chin. That jaw, you can't. That jaw. Yeah. You take but, the jaw away from him, it's not even the same guy. You know what I mean? Not in like a handsome jaw, just a notable, interesting face. Yeah, that and jaw. That, oh man. I, I love a guy with an interesting yeah. face. Well, what a good, way better than you having wanna, a pretty You, you want to just lay down on that jaw, you know, just like <laughs> yeah, hang I mean, out there, he, live he's there. Is a jaw like a like like a scoop on an excavator? He's got a yeah, whole... Yeah, yeah, it's construction jaw. Construction yeah. jaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a freaking machine, this okay, jaw. Okay, Kyle, but, but how did you... So this is just such an odd piece of movie that feels like a 90s movie but came out in 2012 so how yes. did you get exposed to premium rush it sort I of snuck by me in the theaters i you went did. to a movie theater and said i i think i had read a review that says like hey this this is really good i know the review i saw because sarah looked this up when we were watching it again it got three and a half stars from roger ebert himself Wow. Uh, yeah, so it did. And it was reviewed as just like it's a nonstop chase movie. The chase is well filmed. It, yeah. it does unique things by having them be on bikes. And like so much of the like actual bike scenes are practical cyclists like riding around yeah. doing like bike core in a, a car in, or a police impoundment lot. And seeing all that, like it's just the little bit that you haven't seen in any movie before. It's not that you think you want to see people riding bikes all the time, but seeing it put onto a good chase. It really is practical because that was one of the things about it that I felt like I saw. I definitely saw like CG car turns out of the way. So I there was some. There there is a lot of practical stuff in it, but yeah, I mean it's fairly obvious when it's you know gone into the fake. Yeah, I think almost everything on the bikes is practical. and it is like certainly, definitely looking into this movie, you can tell. I've seen a few interviews with David Cope when he talks about the main infl- visual style influence on this is Freakin's, um, the uh, 
French, French connection. connection. Yeah, right? it's like French, French connection it's, with bikes. That's how yeah, it would take interesting. But but he's a coward, and he actually got permits to film these dangerous scenes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what, what a, a loser. Yeah, I mean, if he had real balls, he would have just go out and, you know, cause the millions of people's lives <laughs> for just some stupid movie. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the French Connection aesthetics sort of on bikes are pretty cool. Uh, Interesting, because I thought some of the stunts were good, but I, I wanted a bit of a grittier New York City bike yeah. look. And yeah, well, but they were I'm, certainly sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I, I, they should have gotten so more grit. Most of the sweat was for the one token female bike messenger in this movie who is treated atrociously by yes. this film. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, but, but she was very sweaty. She yeah. was very uh, sweaty. They were all pretty realistically sweaty, I thought. Manny got really sweaty. Like, All right. So for yeah. so for the audience at home who's not seen Premium Rush, let me give you guys a quick uh, patented micro summary of the movie before we talk any more about it, because I feel like we're getting a little bit deep. So if you haven't seen it, here is 2012's Premium Rush. JGL is a bike messenger in New York City because he feels like because he likes the feeling of nearly dying all the time at work more than he likes finishing law school or keeping his relationship to fellow bike messenger. It's the uh, only aforementioned time, sweaty lady. Only time I feel alive. Like <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. <laughs> you know he has that fake voice. He kind of has like that. Um, uh, like he did. He had, he used to have that very high pitched voice, and then when he decided to become a real actor, he came back and he talks it like this. Does, it Let just had a you. slightly implausible depth yeah. of his voice. It's not because um, it's not real. He's just done it so long. And but you know, this is a totem. Only I know the weight. <laughs> So he he gets a super important letter to deliver, a mysterious envelope from a woman he used to know in law school who needs it brought to Chinatown by 7 p.m. Or she'll never get to see her kid again because the Chinese government won't let her kid leave the country because of a blog or something. Who knows? Anyway, the point is this movie did not make any money in China. So um, what she did was she traded $50,000 in in actual money for a movie ticket with a smiley face to what is known as a Howladar. Hawaladar, um, an informal money system manager, and then they make sure the child is smuggled out, out of China to join her. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The important thing is that this system, for some reason, the way it's set up, involves um, telling every single person in the New York criminal economy that somebody's about to carry an envelope worth $50,000 in cash, and including telling everybody, including a crooked cop with a gambling problem who proceeds to spend the entire movie, mostly in his car, trying to kill Joe. He chases him all around the Big Apple, but Joe's flashy bike riding and disrespect for the uh, his his or anybody else's physical safety continually evades the detective until he's confronted right in front of his delivery de- de- destination. But when all seems lost, just then Joe's once and future girlfriend puts out the bat signal for bike messengers. <laughs> Apparently, there's a code word that you can say that will get every bike messenger in New York to be instantly summoned into a flash mob uh, where they can then bike around in circles like old-timey cowboys around whoever you need them to. So they show up, they annoy Michael Shannon long enough that Joe can deliver his message, and then that turns out not to have mattered at all because someone else sent a guy with a Sudoku puzzle to murder him, so Michael Shannon was going to be dead in two seconds anyway. Um, Joe delivers the movie ticket, and his friend's child gets successfully smuggled out of China, and that is the movie. Yay, human smuggling! (laughs) Another (laughs) way for human smuggling! Look, it is technically human. Yeah, one of the things you texted us ahead of time, Anthony, was you love a movie that ends that's in pro-human trafficking, <laughs> which set up a real weird expectation for me well, watching a, this movie. It's a positive story of it, I guess. Yeah, it is not trafficking. It's smuggling. It is different because yeah, it's true. what she wanted 
Yeah, they yeah. make a big, they have a whole very convoluted explanation that's like, she's here legally, her son could have come with her on her student visa, but they, <laughs> the Chinese government found an old blog post she wrote about Tibet, and then they're like, no, we're going to keep your kid here. But it we're was not very monitor. convoluted. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always feel like in scenes like that in movies, I always just want to stop the movie and be like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't need it. Really it's all right. Comfort the person who's trying to do exposition. Yeah, I mean, it's that okay. Is the... It feels like you're working too hard here. It's all right. I get it. There's some reason we I'm need in. to do yeah. the bike yeah. stuff. It's fine. I'm on board. <laughs> like, I think there is a lot of lot of stuff to like in this movie um uh-huh. but sort of my sort of two biggest problems were i think like this the tone kind of goes between is this like a action chase movie and then there's certain scenes that feel like there's something out of like uh, a blank check or like a dunstan checks in like kind of a kid um yeah. you know sh- like sticking up their nose to the authority stuff and then yeah, like this so- human smuggling stuff where it's just like the movie doesn't need any of this like i thought like the, if the movie had like we just literally never learn what he is transporting he just has to get it from yeah point yeah a he's just like b. the man the man with no name but on a bike you know yeah why, like, can't, so, why, why can't we just have that I, you know but I, I i agree that if it had some if it did less time trying to justify why this was happening i would probably i would be fine with it i'm not sure that it would necessarily be better but the 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 question of like the tone switching is I think a very interesting one because the problem that they're dealing with, they're pretty intense and the stakes are high. It's a real mob that does real murders. Michael Shannon gets shot in the head and dies slowly in front of us. Like while still talking to us, like it's Shakespeare. Michael Shannon also is introduced murdering someone. Yeah. We see him yeah, murder yeah. someone like, cause he's annoyed at that person. Like, well, yeah. Cause he has a well, crippling gambling addiction and yeah, he gets called like, out by, the like pit bosses and then he beats them up and ends well, up no, accidentally to, the rest of the movie one of is basically to the be rest fair of the to be yeah. fair to michael shannon's character oh no he's had a rough day <laughs> he's uh. been hit in the head with the phone book multiple times at this point he's uh-huh. probably suffering a massive concussion he's definitely had a concussion because it was a so, chinese phone book not an american yeah, phone book yeah, to make uh, that hey. clear Phone books in general. Oh, do like I, I don't think that they made that clear. I think that's a racist joke. Oh. Yeah. That's him saying, oh, you hit me with a bigger phone book because it's a Chinese phone book. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 I also took that at face value and was yeah. like, oh, okay, I no, guess. No, he's racist hmm. is the other thing. <laughs> no. It's like you're really, really oh. not supposed to root for him at all, even though he's but Michael he's, Shannon doing something fun. He's a racist guy fun. who knows how to play Mahjong? Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, man. The game, it's a great game. game. It's a great yeah. game. Okay, it, it, it seems like a great game, and I would love someone to teach me. Um, I, I, he's the type of addict who's gambled his way out of legitimate poker games, and the only thing he has left is mahjong and uh, okay. but, but so he's the vibe the, is something like it, it. Almost it like other parts of the movie feel more like um, movie we watched on the show BMX Bandits, the like eighties Australian Nicole Kidman. I was yes. on that episode too. You were on that episode, right? It feels or it feels like a movie where they'd be like, we're rollerbladers or skateboarders or surfers and we don't like authority. It feels like sort of a 90s kids fun movie, but then yeah. the stakes are like real murders and child yeah. trafficking. Yeah. And because, that is a little weird, but it also maybe that's the, what you have to do to update it for 2012. It's not for kids. It's for yeah, adults. It's not for none, kids. Of these, none of these characters are teens. They're all like it, they they dropped out of grad school. They dropped right, out of right. law school. This is like a movie for like the people in 2012 who are millennials who are just like living in cities. 
Yeah, this may this I I disagree with some of the connections we've made to other movies thus far. To me, I watched this and thought about um oh like SLC Punk. That was like a movie I thought yeah. about while watching this. Just kind Packers. of like a yeah yeah that's interesting. That, just like a like a fun indie movie that's kind of slackerish. I don't know. It's just got kind yeah. of a like fuck fuck I, fuck the man. Just do whatever I, with your I, life I kind of it, deal. I wish it had more of that because when it gets bogged down in the minutia of this ticket and the backstory and all this stuff, I wish that's why I was wishing it was just a cleaner. You know, uh, I, I can see that, but let's let's talk about the fun things, which is that bike chasing, especially car to bike is a much more interesting chase setup than I realized going into this, even having seen some versions of it in that other movie we just mentioned. This is like, uh, in BMX Bandit, this is like, it's a fascinating dynamic because the car is obviously faster, and if they get near each other, one can kill the other. But the maneuverability of a bike in New York City especially is just super interesting. So there was a very cool chase dynamic, I thought. And there's a lot of stuff that you can totally tell is David Coop... um, talked to a biker for 10 minutes and got basically everything he needed about the culture, <laughs> right? Like the way someone was like, nah, man, brakes will kill you. He's like, okay, brakes will kill you. <laughs> that down. Uh, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Man, uh, and also I would I would just like to say that part is not true. That isn't true? No, I I believe that to be false. Well, I like I had know. it myself. I was like, cool, oh. I like know something if I get the around. Movie, like, his, I, like, I cut my brake lines on my car. The, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't want to die. When you need brakes. to stop your car, you just skid really well. I yeah. mean, how many hardcore like uh fixie bike riders do you know? I mean, none of the ones I know or met have brakes on their bikes specifically for well, that reason. Not on a fixie. Um all, sometimes you'll have a a brake on a fixie, but not usually, but you sh- on a single speed, you would have a break for sure. Um, just on it because on a fixie, when you, it's not like it's not like the kid bike I was talking about where you pedal backwards and it skids, but right. if you stop pedaling, you do freeze the tires. It's not the same as braking in that you're just actually trying to stop your momentum, but you do use like the skidding of the tire as a brake. There's just no way that having a brake, maybe you used it badly, but there's no way it would not be helpful to sometimes have a brake. Mm. Well, I don't know I- though because they show Girl Messenger. Yeah. Using yeah. her she brake, beefs it hard because of her brake. Definitely, like gets in an accident that would break a bone and is fine. And yeah. then she's like, "I hate brakes." It's a very strange moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know but, if it's supposed to be character development or just like they're right. Brakes are bad. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird it's, point of view. For, know, that's weirder for me than the trafficking part. She's taking the net down, right? Like it's a kit. She's buying into. Right. The adventure, so like it does, like a a guy who's a professional ass screenwriter. That's that's what's kind of fun, also about seeing him make this type of movie, is that he has all these things that's like that come from making big budget, um, sort of ultimate four quadrant adventure films. They're like the character needs to go through this to get to here to get to here, uh, and right. like that is really cool to see him apply his sort of like his craft and everything he's learned. Um, But I do wish that this is certainly like my main thought watching this movie was that is, this is the type of film that I wish like someone like Danny Boyle had directed. Like you just needed a director who has that kind of like pop energy sensibility to really elevate everything that's going on. I don't think it needs to be elevated. If this went higher, it would like explode. I, I think this is like it's at the exact right elevation for what this story needs to be because like it's it's trash. 
Like it's it's a it's a really good like five guys burgers and fries cheeseburger. It's not yeah. the type of thing you're gonna pay thirty dollars yeah, for, but you're gonna get greasy and go home happy. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I agree with that. I think if you like going into it expecting it to be BMX bandits, it was the only thing I was surprised by were the real murders. But I thought everything else like um, was just the right amount of schlock that I was expecting. The one thing that I was concerned about, my main criticism, which is obviously, as you can assume from my mummy discussion earlier, going to be much pettier than Anthony's. But my main concern is I don't understand this money system. Like I I did some reading about what a Hawaladar like is and why these systems exist but the whole point of them is to be a trust-based bank so you give your money to one person and then they their word goes to the other branch and that's it the the idea of having them then give you a piece of paper that is the same as money defeats the entire purpose of the system no it should be like a passphrase It's it's not a bearer bond the point is for it not to be worth anything except to the person who trusts the other person so it's really weird that he was like, instead of just texting the people that were doing the, the human trafficking, he was like, no, you need to bring this card to someone who will then do it. But if anyone else touches the card, they have my trust and my word. It's so weird. Well, I mean, this movie does get into uh, some fairly offensive Orientalism in terms of like the sort of the almost mystic way uh, Asian banks and crime syndicates work. Yeah, uh, the, the Hawaladar system is much more common in India and Northern Africa, apparently, than it is in China. But I believe that it would exist. But it's like it's an underground economy that exists because of places where the banking system does not work and that it has you frequently is the ability to send money overseas like that, which is why it makes sense that she would want to do it to send money to China for this illegal thing, because this was before Bitcoin, um, which would just you yeah, just I mean, send Bitcoin right now. That's yeah, how but this okay, would work. okay, okay. Here's the thing, though. How do how do here's the problem? Here's the problem with what you're saying. How do we have the movie have like a I don't know, man. This movie's like seventy percent chase, thirty percent not chase scene. Uh-huh. How do we get that done without having some missteps with the thirty percent? Like, I just think the goal of the movie is yes. to mm-hmm. prioritize that aspect to such an extent. Like, I mean, I. Like, I think me personally, I would have been like, okay, well, how about we just get rid of that whole plot entirely and the plot just be a little more about yeah. Joseph, Joe, just entirely. He's like, that his character have a direct. That should however, be. However, however, yeah. if you did do that, then uh, maybe the plot, like, why do. Then the story is more at the forefront. If the story is an external thing, like involving characters that don't that aren't even the main characters there can just be like, all right, so here's the, here's the scenario. Then the rest of the movie is free to just be like bike stunts and stuff, which I think is really the goal. My only criticism is that I, I kind of wanted even more, but it made me, it opened this door of like wanting, uh, even more of a bike stunt movie with yeah. with wider shots and, and yes. crazier tricks. That's I agree. all. Yeah. My my, I think probably my favorite part of the movie is the stunt where they go under the flatbed truck in the flower district, where he yeah. gets off the bike, but his momentum of he, he just shoes on the ground. That's pretty cool. Holding the bike to his right, and then the momentum he just skids under it and then gets back on the bike. Without, that is a hell of a trick. Yeah, I that's mean, I, super cool. I there was you know there's the scene in the impound lot which uh, yeah. felt the most like something out of like something like Three Ninjas or something like that. But so in the, how, in the impound I wanted, lot, like I he wanted loses, 
just for the people at home, he loses his like street fixie bike, it gets wrecked, and then he gets a mountain bike, and so he does mountain bike style stunts where you're like jumping from can to can over cars, doing all the cool mountain bikey stuff. But like I, I don't know how like, it's probably a budgetary reasons, but like I wish they had gone a bit crazier. Like I wanted him going through like a Wall Street broker broker's office, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. Like doing like real, just going. He, did go, he went inside of bodega, but I would have liked to see more biking indoors for sure. I would have liked to see him go from bodega to bodega to bodega, like going yeah. into like like the undergrounds, like with the loading dock areas. Um, oh yeah, bike, to see him get, bike on get a train, in, like go into the subway. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that's what I wanted to see more. Bike on of. a train was, or bike on a train tracks. Both would be interesting. Yeah, you gotta um, avoid the third rail by hopping yeah. over it. Yeah, I'm interested Dude, I think, in that. I, I think the yeah, I, I, there's something about this movie that makes you want like some sort of spiritual successor or something. I don't like, which is a good thing. I mean, I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I want more yeah. of stuff like this. It just kind of opened up this whole different uh, different world of a uh, type of stunt movie this that is- I would love to see more of. And this is what like the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance is for me as like a, f- a favorite nitpicker of the internet. Um, <laughs> I like to think, um, which is like the fact I mentioned this in the summary, but like the fact that he's murdered seconds after the like <laughs> triumphant flash mob where they just don't do anything right except stall for a second so he can be murdered by the person with a murder weapon. Like it's so we- it's like it's just like double health bars, but when he was like, when, or when uh, when girlfriend was like, we need a uh, we need a flash mob, and then they start calling. We see all the different bike messengers' office. I inside it was like, yes, give me a flash mob of cyclists. It see, that's so what's cool. so fun about it is they're just like fuck this man in his suit. Like they have no context for it at all. No one else even knows he's a cop. And uh, Joe doesn't know he's a cop until a decent way is into the movie too. He just thinks he's the, as he keeps calling him the douchebag who's following him around. He's Forrest J. Ackerman, campus security. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if this movie really, the moral lesson of this movie should really be uh, when you get a job, just do the job. You know, if he just got the ticket and went straight there, none of this would have happened. But he yeah. stops. Because he stopped he for, a for a burrito. He stops right. to report an assault on himself. That one was questionable to me. Going to the police, which the movie's very anti-police, but he was like, "Well, I got to yeah. turn in this person." Yeah, it's like uh, I'm doing this. Uh, let's see, the lady paid extra money for premium rush. I got right, enough right. time. And he said like another bike report. messenger wouldn't be able to get there in the time allotted, yeah. but he gave himself enough time to fill out paperwork at the police department. Yeah. You know, filing a crime with the NYPD, NYPD, yeah. an yeah. infamously well-known fast <laughs> experience. It <laughs> doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, but yeah, if he just, you know, like, hey man, eat the burrito on your own time. All right. Dude, if she had just gotten on the subway and delivered the ticket herself, it would have been much, much faster. <laughs> yeah, but remember they had the whole thing about how she they, she can't deliver it herself because she's too recognizable or something. Right, but it took two Cash, seconds to know. find out who she'd handed it to, so it yeah. like yeah. didn't actually right, listen, speed it up at all. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because it's all about the chase. They it's literally the chase. named Wiley, and they're like yeah. in in movie. They're like like Wiley Coyote. Isn't this funny? <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, and I mean, and then they, they do have coyote. to call attention to it. Like, they yeah. call him Coyote Man. And if we want to get into the while we're on the lack of realism subject, we simply would be remiss if we did not mention there's a scene in a tiny New York dive bar in which 
the band Sleigh Bells is playing and people are speaking at normal volume. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't know Sleigh Bells. I did not catch Sleigh Bells. Sleigh Bells. Yeah. Oh, Sleigh Bells I, are a band that was big in like 2011 to 2013. This like yeah. movie came out right Very when they were relevant. Very specific window for it's Sleigh like, Bells. And then it it's, closed. It's like a guy who was in a post-hardcore band and a girl that moved to Orlando to be a pop singer met mashed up. And so basically it's this guy doing these like hey. ear bleeding Yes. First yeah. off, he wasn't in a post hardcore band. He was in Poison the Well, and he wrote Nodi. So put some respect on his name. <laughs> right? Nothing any of us will ever do is as good as the song Nodi by Poison the Well. Okay. So, that didn't clarify anything well, for me, but I appreciate you stopping. It's loud, and I highly yeah. recommend you listen to Treats after we finish recording because yeah. it's a really fun, extremely loud album. But they're like the loudest band I have ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. And the idea of them in a dive bar where people are just like, <laughs> like chatting and flirting is like <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Like, I think I screamed when we saw that in the theaters <laughs> and they said, it's sleigh bells on screen. That's fun. Um, all right. Well, I'll put this in for a thing. Uh, 11 minutes of, or sorry, 32 minutes of music to enjoy later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sleigh bells got, you've definitely heard, you've some, heard some of it. Yeah. Before. Okay. There was that uh, song that sampled uh, that Funkadelic song that was yeah. like everywhere for a while. While. Yeah, I mean, it, you've heard it. Sure, I did. I don't remember the name. Okay. Infinite right. Toes, you've probably heard before. Crowd on the ground, like yeah, I I, I enjoy sleigh bells quite a bit. Okay, uh, okay. But like cool. I said, the guy wrote Nodi. I mean, come on, how can you not follow everything he does? I don't, I don't know that band off the top of my head either. Um, Poison uh, but, the Well. Yeah, but that that scene is pretty ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about Awesome Mondi, who has made a career out of being a tough, shitty boss in New York City? Oh my god! <laughs> and, and he's he's so he's barely in this movie, but every scene he's in, he's either being like just a rude boss to his employees, or he's sexually harassing his employees. He is. Such a bummer. That he's part drinking. really bummed me. I was enjoying him until that moment. Well, it's like, that's the thing, you know, he, he used to run that pizza shop, but then Spider-Man was such a bad employee that he got fired, <laughs> and now he's working at the bike shop, uh, day drinking, bikes. yeah, sexually yeah. harassing yeah. his employees. Yeah, uh, if you're going to date everyone at my company, when do I get to ride you? Come, come oh on. Oh my god. Yeah, I think he said, when do I get to climb the mountain? You're right. Oh my god. Oh, it's oh even and worse. actually, Alex was like more clever in his shittiness than the movie was. <laughs> yeah. Or, I... I, if you really want to get into very unrealistic things, I don't care how different the bikes are. There's no way Willie is going to beat Manny in a bike race. This guy who's like a perfect human specimen <laughs> in terms of being just the most ripped guy I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, but Gordon- also, like, fixed gears have a lot of things that are fun about them, but climbing hills is not one of them. That would be legitimately miserable, and there's no way he was that good. In his like skinny vegan looking thing. Yeah, no yeah way. well, except mindset. for except you're forgetting that this guy can like slow down time and look at every you oh, know yeah. angle. We, that we haven't he talked could about attack. a spidey sense yet, which is where when he gets to a an intersection, he does like time slows down, and we see him. He, he like AR glasses style puts yeah. arrows on the roadway and visualizes the next two seconds to decide what's going to happen. And the great thing about his imagery, his like imaginary routing thing, is that. He plays out the scenario long enough for like if he crashes into the um, baby carriage, the woman yells, my, my baby. baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so violent. It's so much more violent than it needs to be. But I, that was another thing. Like if you're going to tease a meet Joe Black style car crash, 
I want to see a meet Joe Black style co crash. That's fair, but um, I did. I did as soon as I saw the first one. I was like, I bet we're gonna see this three times, and then on the third yeah. time, it doesn't work. He has no options, and he hits a car. It was pretty fun, and it, it delivered on that. Well, that perfectly. was also the opening of the film, so you knew. Well, right. Also, we hadn't seen him already. Hit. You're right. You're right. But well, knowing that, that it was gonna be that way, where he goes three, he tries options, and there's no good one. Well, that was another thing. If I uh, again, I don't want to just sound like uh, I'm doing nothing but complaining about this movie, but because you uh, had a good time. Yeah, I did have a good time. Hey, but that was from the beginning. The thing that got me so pumped for this movie uh, was when it, and it kind of is, but not really, uh, when the movie kind of presents itself as starting at 530 and then going back to four when you know it's a 90 minute movie. And it's like, oh my God, this is a fucking real time movie. I love real time movies. <laughs> They're the best. Uh, you're, you're upset about the uh, promise. Of uh, the real-time movie that wasn't fulfilled. Yeah, because you don't get a lot of real-time movies. It was something I was thinking about suggesting for the argument, but this movie isn't really a real-time movie. Right. But, like, I I love... It's a very... It's a kind of a silly gimmick, uh, and there's only so many movies that kind of pull it off. It's like Run, Lila, Run Lola, Run, and Rope, are like the two really good real-time movies I can think of. Isn't there like, a Johnny maybe, Depp movie called Nick of Time? Nick of Time is real-time, and photo uh, mm. Phone Booth. The, uh, oh, the, yeah. Oh, the sniper the movie. Colin movie is also mostly real-time at a certain point. Oh, uh, I've seen Nick of Time. It's been a yeah. long time, but yeah, yeah that's fun. Nick of Time's pretty fun, but yeah, you just don't get a lot of movies that kind of use that idea. And yeah, I, maybe it's not excited. a good idea. Hey, it's a good, it's fun. Rope's a cool movie. Yeah. Uh, Nick of Time's okay. I haven't seen it in 20 years, so maybe it's wildly offensive, like most things I haven't seen in Isn't 20 years. Isn't 24 real time? Isn't that the thing? Kind of, I mean, but it's kind of. all over. It, it, yeah. it's, it's fast and loose. Okay, because yeah, like the... it includes commercials, so you can't really. Yeah, and Jack Bauer never pees. Uh, which is not, oh. if we're going to go over 24 hours in a day, he's finding some time to use the bathroom. That sounds like something that like, um, there was like, if there was like, you're in the Midwest and you're like, is this train going to be on time? And then some local is like, Jack Bauer never pees. Like, that sounds like it means <laughs> something to Midwest people. I don't know what, but it represents it, it something. start here. I don't mind. We just got to uh, commit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's going to mean something to us eventually. But, um, yeah, if this movie right. had been, you know, 90 minutes of him getting from point A to point B, uh, I, I just, again, the main thing I did, like, is why we were spending so much time hopping around with plots that aren't really yeah, super I basically, important. I think you've convinced me of that, that because it, it's, it's sort of like, it reminds me of The Warriors, which we mm-hmm. watched not too long ago, or it's like the whole movie's just get across New York and doing that on bikes instead of on foot is super fun. And just yeah. a series of different chases he gets in. And I do, I, I, okay, so here's my question. Here's my question for you guys on this complaint then in particular is, is it these particular reasons for why he's doing all this is happening that are not working for you? Or is there no good solution? Is it, is there a way if, if uh cope had infinite time to rewrite this do you think there would be a situation where you're like oh these are really good reasons why this bike messenger has a 90 minute chase scene across new york i think i am going to i would i'm willing to go for the mat to say like this is if not the best one of the like three to five best reasons to have this movie because Mm -hmm. it's about the chases it's about the excitement and fun it's not necessary like you have to give it stakes for it to matter 
but you don't want it to be a life or death bike race across the city. Yeah. That's like yes. too much. This is the thing where he's trying well, to help the tone. The tone would fall apart, like mm-hmm. right. if, if it was. Mm-hmm. This is the right level of threat to match up with the silly tone, the like up and down, like un like cartoonish nature, and also give you the way to like just be light. It's a it's a fun light movie. It does mm-hmm. get serious, and like I I think the murders do stand out. <laughs> Uh, I I think that's fair. Very well said. In terms of things that make it not light and fun, the murders stand out. The murders stand out a little bit. But the criminal side of it, I think, is necessary to show why he has to run and why there's something chasing him that won't just give up. Well, I yeah. mean, I think if if the movie had the murders would have been more acceptable if the movie had leaned more into like the transporter type movies, was like this is all he does. He moves, you know. You pay him money, he gets it there. He doesn't ask what it is. Right, right. But he, he he's, he's mad when he thought yeah. it was drugs. He's like, yeah. "That's I'm above which, that." Which, by the way, okay, you're telling me this motherfucker has been going to law school for years and he doesn't know what drugs look like. <laughs> he sees a piece of paper. And yeah, it's, it's an like, envelope and he's like, oh, this is drug stuff. This is a piece <laughs> of paper with a smiley face? This is clearly drugs. You know, <laughs> he is set up credit, as being Maybe he thought it was like some sort of like cool club drug thing. Like you have to lick the smiley right, face. Ex- and yeah. then right, right, like, yeah. yep. I'm, a I'm paper a with sheltered. a smiley face on it? That's actually pretty druggy. I would think that was drugs. I'm a sheltered idiot, and I would look at that and be like, this is drug for sure. It's probably drugs. Yeah. If someone was willing to murder you over it, it would imply that it's probably drugs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's fair. I think it totally makes sense. All right. I, I feel like this movie, I just want to say real quick before, yeah. before we move on. I feel like critiquing this movie for narrative like shortcomings is sort of like if you were to do the same thing with like John Wick to me. Because sure. I don't feel like that's like the point. The point of the movie. This is a this is a great movie if you just want to watch people having fun up there, like having yeah. fun doing a thing. And and they that it it does really feel like these people made this movie and they had a lot of fun doing it. I don't even really like Joseph Gordon Levitt, and I like this movie. Oh, interesting. So. I do like him, and I enjoyed that about the movie that it had him in it. I also liked that we haven't we barely mentioned this, but it's a fairly anti cops. There's no, there's no good guy. There's the, no the crooked cops, cop, huh? and then there's the bike cop who's just the biggest dweeb on earth. The biggest yeah, dweeb. Just fucking sucks. Movie so about hard. people who ride bikes for a living still hate bike cops as dweebs yeah. is such a fun turn. Yeah, that, that even rules. the kids, even the kids on the school buses hated that narc. Yeah, they hated yeah. the bike cop. They were all trying to mislead the guy. Oh, that was that was a great moment. He like hides behind a bus, and every kid on the bus agrees at the same time to lie to a cop's face. Not the <laughs> there's two separate buses. One bus full of kids is like quiet while he's holding on to it, and the bus behind it is pointing in the opposite direction from right. the cop that they went the other way. And just the fact that he never there's no redemption for bike cop. He just the end yeah. of the mo- like the he end of his arc up. is he goes I give up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. That was a good, I had a very good time watching this movie. So I do think the tone, the tone is just a tiny bit odd, which maybe is why it's 3.5 instead of four stars, um, for Mr. Ebert. But I like, it is an interesting mashup of more serious movies and more light movies. Like a movie, like bicycling is inherently kid heavy. And then to be an adult movie about bike bicycles is kind of interesting. uh, But I had a great time. I suggested this because of the Oscar pool. This was like a a consolation prize from that. I, I, I think part of this that made me want to suggest this immediately is 
I think this is the absolute worst movie I would give a personal Oscar to. <laughs> oh, that's such a great category. I don't have time yeah. to think of a new one, but I would I give that, that to the newest Mummy movie. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't want to see that. Worst movie I'd give a personal Oscar I to. I can't is believe so we brought this back around. Yeah, how dare <laughs> you? What? That's the lives. thread of the episode. Is <laughs> again. Again. Tom we mummy again. Every week. Welcome he to the Tom Cruise Mummy, mummy Show, <laughs> where some people try to talk about stuff, and one person wants to talk about Tom Cruise Mummy again. You know what we might do is we might watch the Tom Cruise Mummy for my special episode. And then you're banned. You're done. <laughs> it's it's never being brought up again. Let hey, me tell I, you, I watched that film at my parents' house last summer when we were there, and that movie was so boring. My father, who will watch anything on, and this tel- is in on the middle TV, of the day, wanders into the room, says, "Why are you watching this?" <laughs> I no I intro. think it's really good. I really I thought it was pretty well done, except for him seeming like him and that woman were the same age. Other than that, you know, I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, Orsi, the writer and director of that, is like a big nine eleven truther. Oh and God, I damn it, Anthony! I'd rather listen to him talk about nine eleven <laughs> than rewatch his <laughs> the Mummy movie. Oh man, I. So I still I do have a very special episode coming up because I did win the Oscar pool and I have not used it, my power on it anything yet. But it seems like it might have to be this if I, this, I, yeah. my I other plan doesn't come true. I saw this movie with you and we oh, talked right. about it so much over the years. I feel like we could cut together a whole episode <laughs> of us talking oh, about Oh man, if this was a professional show, that's done. a great idea. I would love to have somebody who could go if we had a, a an intern or something we could pay somebody to go th- back through the archives cut together every time I've mentioned the mummy and we just put it out as a bonus episode. You'd have to pay that person so much money though. Like <laughs> yeah, you'd have to true. give them all of the money that you have in yeah, order very, to Yeah, that would be pretty yeah, awful. I respectively do that job. <laughs> the special the special episode that I was going to make you guys do, I'm not sure it's going to work right now. I'm waiting to find out, but it may not work. So I don't know. Well, that's uh, uh, well. I am teased. Yeah, um, we're so. Well, we might be able to do it later. We'll see. I'm still waiting. I have. I in fact, I just got a text message about whether or not that was going to work just now from my dad, and it seems like the answer is no. He's doing more research about this than I am. Anyway, um, so that's tease. Any last thoughts? What last chance fit in? Anything you haven't fit in about Premium Rush before we move on to our special closing segments? Um, can we? Uh, I know we've kind of talked around her, but uh, Danny Ramirez, who plays Vanessa in this mm-hmm. movie, is pretty good one? in yeah in a role that um, is really uncharitable. Oh, the uh, definition yeah. of thankless. Yeah, but I do think she adds a lot of her, and I mean she's literally uh, like the bike, just treated as a prize throughout this yep. movie. Yeah. Um, but I think her, even that yeah. part of it though doesn't really make sense because yeah. it's like it's like a I don't know is he gonna get the girl? But then like thirty minutes in, it's obvious that he is. So I it, it it's just I don't know it's just awkward all around on every level. Uh, but I think she you know she had to do a lot of her own bike stuff at, at the you know in this movie and pretty, probably put in a lot of work learning how to ride a bike really well and looking like somebody yeah. does every day and like. It's a very thankless role, but I think she is pretty good. Um, same thing with Jamie Chung, who I think, you know, it's kind of a bummer her having to do an accent, even though she doesn't, you know, have one. Uh, but, you know, 
what are you gonna do? So yeah. He's kind of got some odd stuff in it like that, but it's a yeah, cool. I, I will say about the bike riding that um that there was that little clip of JGL's ac- accident in the credits, which apparently he just crashed into the back of a cab while they were filming at one mm. point, and he got thirty one stitches from it, Oof. which is gnarly. But it also is kind of like him and and sweaty lady and the bike cop all get in several career ending injuries uh crashes on their bikes that then just they walk away from or get back on their bikes and so the fact that he got any real accident and it knocked him out for so long is uh a very telling about how uh, much they minimize the problem it's been a little while since i watched this now because we have to keep getting pushed back but did right do they ever do anything with so like throughout this movie they're wearing heavy chains with padlocks on them as yeah. bike locks yeah and i was really expecting okay it's an action movie you're carrying essentially a homemade smiley on you uh and i was really expecting at some point someone to use one of those as a weapon, but Vanessa they uses Vanessa it to does. break a mirror off of a bike, off a, a car that cuts her off. Yeah, and that's I, how and she's introduced, rad. and that's the only time anyone uses it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just leaving a like cool more. improvised weapon on the ground. Wait, but they don't the do any, any other weaponry. Um, yeah, the yeah. Of their weapon. Yeah, that's yeah, true. exactly, exactly. All right, well, that's going to be good enough for this. We have uh, two more quick things we got to do before we leave. So, and uh, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to thank a meat buddy, and it's very exciting. Let's listen to a sting first, and then do that. That was the sting. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a brand new meat buddy to thank, and I'm so glad to have Sarah and Kyle here to help us out for this. So we got a new new meat buddy, also named Sarah. Boy, there are a lot of you. There's so many. The most popular name of 1987. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's gotta be up there for all time, right? Do, it is for are, all time, but there was a couple years in the 80s peaking in my birth year where it was the most popular name like in North America. So I've met millions of me. Yeah, you have. Uh you're a legion. Um this I mean, also shares your age. There's only so many biblical names that right. like stick around like that, uh, that have not, you know, gotten you know, like think about like Sarah is popular enough that it could have been Karen. You know what I mean? Like it could have oh, man. easily have been interchangeable with the name for uh you know uh, a name that people hate now. Uh, so Sarah's <laughs> yeah, that's I'm looking this up right now. <laughs> no, uh, well, I will say so. Just my quick li- look at um top names of all time, uh, top women's names of all time. Sarah is is number ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you snuck in there with um, o- almost a uh, almost a million occurrences. Well, you um, know, all, all Sarahs are unique and special in their own way. Maybe some of us are crappy white ladies. Maybe some of us are decent people. Who knows? <laughs> and how many uh, ways are there to spell Sarah? Does the do you, you spell H no H? Okay. Is there? There's not another one that. That's what seen? I was thinking. Is there another way to spell Sarah besides the sort of two more really popular ways? Probably, but you know, I can't speak for all other Sarahs. I, um, I will say, whenever I see someone who doesn't have an H, it makes me feel strange. It feels, <laughs> it feels incomplete. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. So, some I I know a Megan with no H, and she finds people with an H very off-putting because it's an extra letter you don't really need. Well, they're very they like high high status. They they put that extra yeah. letter in there so they can spend more on their their embroidered towels with their name well on them. i think this is basically sarah's gotten her money's worth already but just in case she doesn't feel that way let's go into the letter so sarah says 
Uh, hi, Alex. At all, I've been listening to you guys for a while now, and I decided to take to finally take the plunge and become a meat buddy. The podcast really was a bright spot in an otherwise terrible year. The film school series actually inspired me to subscribe to the Criterion Channel's streaming service and start oh, being hey, more yeah. adventurous with my film viewing. So thank you guys for that. Yeah. Like, it actually, like, we were good for film watching. Isn't that a surprise? That is a surprise, yeah. and I'm and I'm very happy to hear that. That rules. I, I like to imagine uh, that it was, you know, uh, uh, like the value and sort of the how interesting the conversations were. But it was probably like I got to find someone who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, well, it's interesting because there's she said having a great time trying out new directors and styles. Uh, although with some mixed results, Brazil may haunt my dreams forever, and I blame you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's probably a compliment too. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that. I, man, Brazil, I have mostly positive memories about. So, yeah, that movie. I mean, maybe uh, she watched the, um, the bad cut. Oh, she yeah, watched the bad, the bad cut. cut, maybe. And that's Love yeah, Conquers All. Yeah. Okay. But what I would really like from you guys, Sarah continues, what I'd really like from you guys is a pep talk. Over the past 18 months, I've had a massive breakup, long COVID, which I'm finally recovered from, and a career crisis. I'm now moving to a new city where oh, no. I'm excited and while I'm excited for a fresh start in a hopefully post-pandemic world, mm-hmm. I'm kind of overwhelmed and could use a little bit of your particular brand of haphazard cheerleading. Oh my God, I'm like falling apart right now. Thanks and best wishes, Sarah. <laughs> um, wait, are we wait, are we panicking under the pressure? Hunter? I'm just panicking. Yeah, that's, the, the, that that's level, not our I'm style. Just, okay, it's, yeah, you're right. Well, you're I, right. I have something. Oh, okay. good. Thank Sarah, you. Please. Sarah, moving to a new city is really hard, and that takes a lot of courage. And I yes. think that's really awesome that you're, like, yeah. making making positive steps to help improve your life. And yeah. it's only new, fun opportunities from here on out. So I hope you treat this as the, like, adventure and fresh change that you uh, really deserve at this point in your life. There's so much fun mm-hmm. stuff waiting for you in your new home. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we're let, assuming she's moving to a good city, but yeah. Well, let, let, <laughs> Alex, I just worked so hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, that was look, so I, good. If Sarah gave us money at this point, she might be moving to some shitty place, you know? Yeah. Like, if Sarah, look, Sarah gave us money at this point in the show, she's aware how these usually go. <laughs> yeah, look, look, I, I, you know, I want to say to Sarah, you know, it reminds me of another guy, a guy I know named Sam Lowery, who. Also, you know, lived in a, a city that was a little bit alien to him, kind of scary, but he would find himself often dreaming of himself as a winged warrior saving right. this lady he saw. Right, right. Not, he, he was not in the relationship. Like, that. he was almost in a relationship, but it's not the one he wanted. Yeah, but, you know, like, I want you just to think of my buddy Sam, who, you know, even though he had crazy tubes everywhere and dealt yeah. with you know weird government yeah, stuff crazy tubes everywhere uh, you know he was more able people to than you can imagine more people than you can able to imagine uh you know weird plastic surgery stuff basically brazil i'm reminding you of brazil again yeah if uh, you don't remember who sam Lowry is that's because we're going back to brazil again yes <laughs> maybe uh, she's moving to brazil that would be a weird yeah. uh i would feel bad I mean, about that hey, if you no go way. to actual brazil you're probably disappointed if you think it's going to look like the movie or sight you got the big yeah. jesus statue and it's really that's sunny true. And they that's got, true you know and it's not all pipes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um i well, so I just moved to a, a big new city uh, right before pandemic. Um, so it's not the same experience. But what I will say is, I would say is likely for you, Sarah, is that you will look back in a year and be like, I can't believe I did that. That's crazy. Yeah. And I it, mostly in a good way that like, 
it's like so incredibly daunting to move to a new place that I did not put enough thought into it. I don't think, mm-hmm. but looking back is like, I did it and it just happened. We just like decided we were leaving and we just found a place and I just can't believe any of this happened. You so, didn't discover a new favorite restaurant. That's always really cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I always love that about going to a new place. New restaurants, finding yeah. a new coffee shop, which Trader Joe's you're going to go to. There's a lot of yeah. great stuff you get to do. I need um, the good theaters and the bad theaters. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I I like all of that. I think all of that stuff is pretty fun. Um, I think you will have that. Also, you know, if you had long COVID, I mean, you're probably super immune to everything now. You probably will never get a cold for the rest of your life. You must ah. be. You must have the most badass immune system. I'm not a doctor, by the way. This mm. message has not been yeah, approved that, by the this CDC. Is the most haphazard thing that's been said in the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Remember when I ruined Sarah's nice thing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like. I love a fresh start. I love a reinvention. I've always been very excited about that possibility. You can just, oh, you have so many, you can take new pictures. Oh, it's going to be great. You're like, look at all these new places I'm at. Yeah, like nobody really knows much about your past, so you can just create a whole new one if you want. Seriously, you know? yeah. if you're, are you a drifter? This would be such a great, like, or a drifter. If you wanted yeah. to drift people. Yeah, you have could... you thought about changing identities, like, yeah. completely? Maybe yeah. you drop the H. Maybe you're a no H, Sarah, now. Whoa. I mean, Maybe you like had an old nickname that you used to just fucking hate and you can just not have anyone call you that here. Right. Or if you've always wanted to, if you're like, I think everyone should call me crush, you know, like you could start that yeah. now. And now you're like, uh, my name's Sarah. Nice to meet you. Just moved here. Just recovered from COVID. People call me crush. Um, <laughs> and then people will have to because that's what other people call you. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, everyone everyone calls me Crush. No one definitely calls me Reese's Pieces, so don't call me that. <laughs> I've never heard anyone call me that before. I yeah. don't care what you've heard. I'm not Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Just trying to think of the worst nickname you yeah, could have Yeah, that was gotten. the best. Yeah. I, Crush yeah. was the best good one I could yeah. come up with. Um, yeah. I, um, do you guys have any other... So, Hunter, you just moved as well. Anthony, you've been stayed put. So I mean, you, it's been a year it's since been a I year. moved, basically. So, but like, do you, so do you have any? Do you have? I guess everyone but Anthony. Do you have a, a single new city tip that you have picked up over the years? Well, I moved. I, I moved back to Arkansas. All right, so stop. Not you, Sarah Kyle. Yeah. Do you have a new city tip that you you picked up at some point? Um, I don't know if it's as much a tip, but it's what I did before we moved out to Los Angeles. Is I like I bought a guide to Los Angeles and read it. And then I went to maybe like three of the places in there, but like the rest I just discovered on my own, like get it. If it's a big enough place that might have like a guide, uh, just read about it so that you understand yeah. what the places like the I neighborhoods actually, are like. I just want to, I just want to emphasize on this. This you, you said it's not a tip. This is actually, I think an undervalued tip that the like, cause most of those guides are meant, meant for tourists. But like you're good. I we we also when we first moved to Portland, we picked up a guide to Portland that ended up we, we picked up the Zinesters guide to Portland, which um I don't know, Anthony Hunter, if you ever saw this. I I, I had book. that same thing. That's it so is funny. not a good guide yeah. for non-Zinesters. They like there was a whole segment of town that they clearly had never been that was super fun and uh but not but it didn't have any dumpsters to dive in, so they didn't mention the whole quadrant. Um it was weird, but it, it was such it, it was such a valuable thing that like years later we still think of the place even the places we didn't like from it 
like that guide was like such an important part of our first year that I just just picking up like what is one person's opinion of how to do this and like how people go about it if they were visiting you know what like if there's a, a city that has like a New York New York Times 36 hours in episode or something like that like I, I think that that's once you, once you're a local, it's not cool to do that. I think you, if you're early enough in your move, it's totally helpful to do that and really fun. Yeah, I, um, I love that idea. You know, I think instead of, uh, you know, uh, giving things on what you should do, uh, I want to kind of give you a few things on what you shouldn't do. You know, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Per- you know, perfect. That's the tone I need. You know, hate groups are on the rise. Find out where they hang <laughs> out and don't yeah. go to those places. That's like if the you new know, city you're moving to is prison, um, avoid <laughs> the white supremacists yeah, as much you as know, you can. Just, uh, and even if it's not a prison, there's probably white supremacists yeah, no, no. somewhere. So that's just true. Avoid we'll get cocky here, okay? Yeah. Just, uh, it did sound like you were saying, though, like, if you move to the new city of Sing Sing, here's what you should yeah. do. No, just, you know, like this, you know, certain places in Oregon, if you were moving to Portland, I would suggest, hey, don't go hang out at that bar. They are not good people. Um, oh, interesting. And I would like to hear the name of that bar now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, mm, mm, but, not that helpful. You know, now I'm, I'm not... I'm not very helpful. That's the whole point of why you don't go to me on these things. It's probably not um, Portland or Sarah would have mentioned it because we do have a large yeah. number of Portland based knowledge uh, people. Um, but yeah, what else besides right to permits? What else should, should you avoid in a city? Um, fight clubs. Uh, yeah. Unless that's your thing. You yeah, that's, that yeah. is a man. The, the number of it's so hard not to be in a fight club these days. There's yeah. just so many of them everywhere. You know, sometimes you think you're joining like just another fitness group and then eh, it's a fight club. And, you know, this actually in terms of things you should do, I feel like most people forget about these. But uh, remember, libraries exist. Dude, you I'm should so probably you support your local library. They're pretty sweet. I love I love a library as a place to just go check out, get it just get some interesting vibe. the library near us the the la branch of the library has a um an herb lending garden you don't have to give them back they just have an herb garden and you can just come check out like some mint and then take it home and make mint things with it and i think it's so sweet that's neat especially if you're getting into old criterion stuff uh there's a lot of like special features Ooh. and stuff that's only on the blu-rays and you can usually get those at your local library that's cool uh, so yeah. that's something and i yeah. Also, just like uh, like feeling like a local, just like showing up and like getting your library card feels very yeah. cool. I forget like every five years. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should go to the library more. Yeah, I use uh, well, we use the library all the time for uh, we use the Libby app. We're big fans of the Libby app here. And one of our regular contributors has worked is a person who works on that app on the show. So anyway, this is yeah, very big on the library that way. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's very cool. Um, that was actually super helpful. As was don't join a fight club. I'm not disparaging you, Anthony. Don't join a fight club is really helpful, too. Um, you don't want to be like, oh, fight clubbed again. You know, it just happens sometimes. It just, yeah. yeah, you just go someplace. You think it's a cool place, but then yeah. it's actually you a just, fight you're club. You're like, well, is that Tom Waits playing in the basement? I should listen. Up, oh, yeah. fight clubbed again. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, um, fight club. Is there... Okay, so it's about moving city and feeling overwhelmed uh yeah presumably well so also like massive breakup and this whole coming out of a pandemic thing i actually think coming out of a pandemic also coming out of a breakup in a new city the thing is normally you'd be the only person who's emerging from this breakup Mm -hmm. and in the new in the city right now everyone in the world is coming out of the shell at the same time so we're all fresh-faced babies and i think that'll actually help like um, honestly this is another here's a thing of more of a warning than a tip but with so many people coming out after a long time 
there's going to be some creeps. Uh, and like, <laughs> I, I think like every, I don't, I don't want to presume to like tell a lady to be careful out there, but I, I do think that there's going to be a, a higher number of people who have, uh, been alone for a year, uh, yeah. and are, are, are going not, I don't think like, well, let's, let's they're just going to be some, like possible weirdo Sarah, jerks. You, it's possible Sarah is a creep. So let's yeah, say well, exactly. Say, and remember, Sarah, if you're out somewhere and you can't <laughs> find the creep, it's probably because you're the creep. You know? <laughs> if you can't identify the creep in the first 30 minutes on the bus, you are I, the creep. I think my my big thing is like I think bars are going to be really weird this summer. Oh, interesting. Mm. I thought TikTok has suggested it's going to be a slutty summer. Is that not? Good. It could be. I, I think. I mean, I don't know how old Sarah is. I'm at the age where I'm too old to be slutty. I'm right. married, and I can't even uh, be slutty for my wife. Yeah, the but it's mostly the age. It's mostly the age why we can't. It's be not slutty. the marriage. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I keep encouraging him to be slutty, and it's not working. <laughs> um. I think you know what this is gonna. I don't have time for this separate pep talk, but sometime we should have a pep talk about you being slutty for your wife. I feel like she deserves it. I try. It's just. I, I'm going to be horny for her. I can be horny for her, yeah, but that's I, I, it's, it's uh, slutty every Saturday night. No, no, no. I want you in pigtails and short shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This I, is a separate I, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new well, show is born. The, the point is, Meet Buddy Sarah, that we nailed it. Again, another yeah. perfect segment. We did a good job. Um, I'm gonna give this one to us. I think we did it. We it was as you and we did hoped. so good. I can't believe how good we did. Mm-hmm. I would uh, say it's almost it was almost three quarters hazard. That's how good it was. It wasn't yeah, just I half mean, hazard. Guys, I don't know if you're checking the news, but uh, Sarah is now the mayor of that city. It just <laughs> happened. Wow. I did uh, that yeah. it was like Sarah, Sarah becomes mayor of that city. Yeah, I mean it's you know then I mean this is the problem with digital media. It's so vague and all about clickbait. But I am pretty sure they're talking about oh Sarah here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we have uh, we, this show is already running very long, but I want to do one more quick thing. So we're going to listen to a sting. I promise it's there, and then have a lightning fast argument. No one can hear the sting. Is it there? It's there for everyone but you. Um, so segment four, the argument. Hunter won our last episode, which means Hunter is the judge. This week, the argument yeah. is inspired by our movie. What is the best movie MacGuffin? Not necessarily the best movie or the best movie with a MacGuffin in it, but the best MacGuffin itself yeah. in movie history. Only the MacGuffin is- will be considered. Yes. None of the rest of the film will enter oh, into my mind. Consider it in con- well, it's up to you. The You're the judge. You can do it. Sure, fine. Fine. Yeah, um, it's up to you. Um, we're going to do this real quick uh, because we've taken so long. So I'm just going to get in real fast. My number one pick, the Maltese Falcon. Oh, Ugh. damn. That's a good, that's a good pick. Really? Jeez. Oh, yeah. I, you've seen the Maltese Falcon. You know the the where m- what comes up first when you go to MacGuffin in the dictionary. I look, I just have I'm a I'm just a strong it's got my it's got most of my name in it. And so I'm a big fan of it. Uh, yeah, I like, the Maltese Falcone yeah, would be well, like a good like it, name for a memoir for you. Maltese Falcone was my was my improv nickname briefly. Oh, um, that's I mean, good. So yeah. That, the thing is like my my the best movie guff, MacGuffins, in my opinions, are the ones in which that are like a true understanding of what a MacGuffin is, that it does not matter. A Maltese Falcon is a great example of like it's what dreams are made of. It doesn't matter. Never find you. It's a stupid statue. 
You never find out why it's significant. Yeah, you find you, out it's anything, not important right? that it came from Malta. Malta yeah, never the, plays a know, huge role. The the best, you know, uh, you know the the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, the suitcase from Ronin. So you're, um, you're, you don't name too many of them. So yeah, you got to pick. You got to pick but, your one. Uh, well, I mean, I have my one. Uh, well, my personal favorite MacGuffin, uh, a rosebud. Oh Ooh, yes, of oh. course. And That's you were good. yeah you uh, you were critical of me for being too on the nose with the Maltese Falcon and then you went with Rosebud all right hey I wasn't critical you yeah know that, that was I, Anthony oh yeah, okay that, I got the, I we got two classics me. going up against I, each other I, I so I would ju- like to hear something with a different flavor oh you okay. want a different flavor I'll give you some flavor uh, from the franchise that's built on ra- or on a uh, MacGuffins I'm gonna say the Rabbit's Foot from Mission Impossible Three. You know what? That's another perfect example of my favorite type of MacGuffin. You never find out what the rabbit's foot is. They purposefully never tell you what the rabbit's foot does in the movie. That's like part of the plot. And the the fact that J.J. Abrams calls it the rabbit's foot it is the most like loaded and charged name for an object, and they they make a a show out of not telling you what it is. Yeah. But so yes. many people die over it. Tom Cruise swings off a skyscraper in Shanghai to like fly onto the roof to get this rabbit's foot, and at no point do we find out yeah. what it is. And it was officially the last time that shit was cute from J.J. Abrams. Right, uh, it has only been frustrating and annoying since then uh but the rabbit's foot is pretty great uh, uh, well, so I'm just, just to be clear i'm not a i'm not granting this is up to hunter to decide whether mm-hmm. knowing what it is actually means that it if that's good or bad i will say that obviously we do know uh we we do actually get to know what rosebud is they don't know but we know sure yes sure. That's the, that's I mean that's the point for it though you know a little bit of variety uh, is good. Okay, yeah, um, for, yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, what I am also I gonna feel pay? like you could almost say uh, Indiana Jones and all of the MacGuffins are pretty cool. Like each of the movies has the MacGuffin. Yeah, in well, the you name. could say that, but you didn't pick that. Now, did you? Let's not spoil. It. We want to get one chance picked. for the surprise. So, Sarah are, you changing, are you are you last minute changing? Because I'm kind of no, a stickler no. for rules. No, all right, I'm yeah. still going for Rosebud. Well, right. I feel like y'all kind of canceled each other out. Well, I'm going to have to go with Mr. Fourth. 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 We, I haven't said Oh, I'm yet. so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're not going to get to be back if they uh, uh, win. So it'll be interesting how the judging will work. But I would love to hear Sarah and Kyle's um, nominations for MacGuffins. And actually, here, we'll do this way. Um, if Sarah wins... I get credit for it. And if Kyle wins, Anthony gets credit for it in terms of who's judging. I thought you were going to say you again. That would be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a better joke. Kyle Kyle did the rabbit's foot. I am going to go with something really pretty and say the heart of the ocean from Titanic. Oh, Oh, good answer. (laughs) These are all good answers. Um, Damn. Now that we've gotten the answers out there, now you can list other ones we didn't pick. I do think the the briefcase from Pulp Fiction was my other choice. Also, it would have been great, Sarah, if you had said the hurt of the ocean and then not specified if you were talking about Titanic or Moana and kind of get a two for one out of it. The heart of Tahiti. Oh, yes. That's right. It's not the heart of the ocean. It's basically the heart of the ocean again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both are, are very good, but no, I'm going to go with the heart of the ocean because I think it's so funny that that's why that man with the haircut was going down to look at the Titanic in the first place. 
And yeah. Rose is just like, fuck this necklace at the end. It's so good. <laughs> Absolutely love it. <laughs> it is pretty good. Such um, grandma energy. Yeah. I will just yeah. add that in and terms of like um, the value of MacGuffins, that the statue of the Maltese Falcon used in the movie uh, sold at auction for $4 million a couple years ah. ago. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, I mean, if we want well, to talk I love about money, so <laughs> if you want to talk about sort of like more more recent movies, uh, I mean, no matter how you feel about the MCU, the fact that they got—I mean, it just goes to show the power of MacGuffins that they got twenty-something films all about and leading up to somebody collecting these six MacGuffins. Yeah, like it's pretty right. wild that the entire MCU was about really at the end of the day the search for six multicolored rocks, uh, and yeah, how somebody had to get them. Man. I mean, it's the ultimate MacGuffin. I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah, um, that's not true. Yeah. Um, I was looking at trying to find a Maltese Falcon prop that I could buy, but they're too expensive. Mm. <laughs> they're all like a hundred bucks um and ah, also the rough. the if you like this you will also like from amazon are all statues of people doing it they're all yeah, erotic I mean, statues Al- that's Alex, weird if i found out that you were willing to spend a bunch of money on a maltese falcon but not the bear from annihilation that i, I sent dude, you a few i told weeks you ago, my wife said we weren't I, allowed to buy great. it i wanted it well it did end up getting more expensive it i was watching it yeah, yeah that's true that like the Ark so of the cool Covenant replica is only $32 for mm. a fake movie prop. I want eh, the Maltese Falcon. Boring. The weird bear from uh Look, from I want the weird bear, too. Anyway, really cool. um, all right. Now, 100, it's time for you to uh, make your judgment. You now have four options. Yeah, I think the J.J. Abrams thing is still just so strong for me because that guy is like, it's just like his whole thing is like, what if a thing? Uh, mm. And But let's not see it. And I don't want to get too specific about it. And I right. feel like because it's like, the whole thing, right? Like J.J. Abrams' whole thing is a MacGuffin, or I guess he calls it a mystery box. He tried to rebrand yeah, yeah. a MacGuffin. Right, he wanted to make That's it less so Scottish. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, um, but no, I'm I'm going with the rabbit's foot. Yeah, yeah I mean that that movie also has you know P.S.H. one of his best villain roles. Oh yeah, uh, as oh, Old yeah. Davian. Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend? No, what? It's another. I can only do a few impressions. I can, <laughs> and they sound I, pretty similar. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, those two do. And then my my David Lynch sounds like David Lynch, but Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are kind of the same. So the problem is not is you're you're doing a good well, impression. The problem is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing yeah. an impression of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that's true. Instead of his normal voice. Well. I have a dream of what I'm going to waste my money on, and I don't need to have won. But congratulations. That was Kyle, right? Kyle won. Yes, I appreciate um, and it. And that I, means, I, Anthony, you'll be the judge next week. You you were his proxy um, in whatever our argument is next week. And that's it. It's been, a long, it's been a long episode, but I hope you enjoyed it or have stopped listening by now. <laughs> I'd hate to be Those taking the only two of your time. <laughs> I always feel guilty for taking people's time even though they as far as I can tell they listen voluntarily several people were deeply upset that we had to skip the episode last week and, and had multiple chores that they were disappointed to have to do without getting to listen to us so I'm sorry that we were gone last week um, I, I've had a lot of uh, weird travel it's all good people were I got some very concerned emails as well so I appreciate you uh, don't reaching be concerned out. for him uh, he needs your help but don't be concerned for him <laughs> um, I'm doing good I just had a bunch of travel and other work related things that I will tell you guys that I can't talk about now but I'll tell you more about in a couple weeks um, 
And in the meantime, uh, this episode, we recorded a little early, but it's coming out this week. And then next week, we're going to be in the same room at the same time. So yeah. Anthony and Hunter and I are going to have our first in-person recording in person recording since 2019. And since we did Blade Runner. Since oh Blade Runner, yeah. which kicked off our slightly condescending film school, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Wasn't that the idea that where yeah, that, that was, was hatched? Yep, yeah. yeah, totally. And then, so, which, can we, which can we, we, we can all agree, change Sarah's life. The other Sarah, not you, Sarah. We can, uh, can we say what we're doing next week? No. No, okay. Because you don't know yet. Oh, I don't know yet? No. Because okay. it was based on this thing that I told you my dad texted me that oh, might not be happening gotcha, in time. gotcha. I oh. thought we were doing the other thing. Thing. The, the, yeah, that one thing that we were talking about doing. We might have to do that thing instead because yeah. then since this thing isn't working, uh, we might do the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, the thing. To be clear, and, the other thing that we're talking about, the thing that we could do, is the thing. Yeah. Yes. That, no. Yeah, I know the thing. Yeah. And and the 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 good the thing, not the you know we you know how Alex likes the shitty remakes of things, so we could have <laughs> been doing the thing thing. Brendan Fraser but, was the remake. I like the original yeah. Universal Mummy. I like that's, the Boris Karloff Mummy better. That's the same thing with the thing because we could have done the original thing, the remake of the thing, or the bad remake of the thing. Oh, right. You know? We're watching the 1989 the thing, right? Yes. Is that the year? John Carpenter's the John thing. Carpenter's the thing. I will say one thing that I love about the original Boris Karloff, the mummy, is that the plot of the mummy, because you guys don't know this, is he wakes up and he puts on a hat and then he just passes for human for like 20 years. He just gets a job and has a profession (laughs) and no one recognizes him because he's wearing a hat. Alex, why did you think we didn't know that? (laughs) (laughs) There are listeners at home who didn't know that. I tell everyone I meet, so... He just puts on a hat and gets a job, <laughs> and people are like, "Oh, you seem like a tall fella." That's it it. Does, does He's it a be... rotting corpse walking around, and everyone's like, "You seem normal enough. You've got a hat." And is it the mummy or the original Invisible Man that has like the highest body count of any slasher movie? It's not like the mummy the... because the mummy, I think, one person dies of a fright, and that's it. Okay, so it's like the original Vi- Invisible Man has like a body count of like. Almost two hundred or something really? just absurd what? like that. Um, yeah, I, I forget what it is, but well, it's so it seems like we're going to talk about the thing next week, and then my special thing the week after that, and then possibly the week after that, Fast and Furious Nine. Heck yeah, because it is time for that. So we have so much fun stuff coming up. Um, please stay tuned for all of that, and for all of your shipping needs, please send it Premium Rush if, if you. That would be a fun assignment if we could try to hire a bike messenger for something someday. I'll keep an eye out. Um, it seems like a fun thing to do, but I haven't had an opportunity to send an envelope anywhere in a hurry. Um, if you have any feedback for us, uh, if you want to let us know your thoughts on the thing or the other thing that you can't know about, um, send us an email podcast at redistrip.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And we really appreciate all the meat buddies who keep the show floating down the tracks, um, stumbling, shambling, Biking hard, never stopping down the tracks. Um, Metreon.com is how you can sign up for our Patreon campaign. And we really appreciate all of our meat buddies, but especially our new meat buddy, Sarah, who, by the time you hear this, is probably flourishing in a new city. Uh, Thanks for being here, Anthony. It's always good to talk to you. Good. Uh, 108 people uh, killed in the original Invisible Man. Wow, no kidding. Wow. Um, Individually? Like, is it a long movie of just... Lots of no, it's not a plane crash. No, it's a train crash. Oh, it was a train crash. Oh, oh, 
Okay, yeah, I would like to see. I've not actually watched the original Invisible Man. I'm interested in that. Um, I would also watch. I've watched the original Boris Karloff Mummy, but there's like five sequels of that. They did a lot of Mummy sequels before the Brendan Fraser one, and I would. I have not. And seen have most you of seen them. the uh, Invisible Man remake from a few years ago? With no, I do want to see that too. That's in it's, my queue. It's pretty good. I liked it quite a bit. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm interested in it. I um, swear to God, you're going to come on next week and be like, not as good as Tom Cruise's The Mummy. <laughs> but I... <laughs> well, but you were liking one of the remakes. That seems fun. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Um, Hunter, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, hey, thank you. Ding, ding. I'm still can't, a bike. Can't wait to see you next week. And uh, Sarah and Kyle, so nice to chat with you guys. Sorry, Sarah, about The Mummy thing. Oh, you know what? That's okay. I just want everyone to ride safe out there. Yeah, I do like that there was a seat where when he gets the crazy bike, uh, she Vanessa still gives him a helmet. Yeah, it's important. No, no knee pads, but always helmets. Look, you're gonna crash. You're gonna break bones. Whatever. Just keep the melon intact. Uh, if not for your sake, for the sake of the cab you're about to run into. Oh yeah, they got liabilities. Well, also it would be gross for them, but yeah, well, and for their liabilities. Um, anyway, it was great talking to you both. Of yeah. course, always. Be well, enjoy your drive-in movies, and uh, yeah, we'll have you on again sometime uh, sometime soon. Um, Sarah, you are maybe not the most common name of all time, but definitely the most common Rian Weep guest of all time. So it's you know great what? that we're I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> still around. All right, we'll talk to everyone next week. Ding, ding, goodbye. Pshh.